White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. Follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards with 2-3. Robin Ventura. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. The show is at Locked On Sox. And you should give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Of uh, you go and check out our podcast there, Locked On Socks, and also follow us on our YouTube page, Locked On Socks. Chris Tannehill, how's your evening going? Oh, it's going okay, I guess. A little bittersweet tonight as we finally reach the bitter end of our White Sox jersey numbered episodes. It's number ninety nine tonight, Herb. Mm. There's only there's only one man who wore ninety nine for the White Sox. You know who it is. Manny being Manny. That's right. Manny was being Manny for a very brief stint on the south side. And you go back and look at this 2010 White Sox team. This was Kenny Williams' magnum opus here because you have everything. This is like Stefan, uh, the Stefan bit from SNL. Like the 2010 White Sox have everything. They have stars past their prime, prospects that never pan out, <laughs> future Hall of Famers. Like, they have everything on this team. Uh, so you know, Dan Cortez. <laughs> yeah, Dan Cortez, yes. Um, I think he pitched two-thirds of an inning for the 2010 White Sox. Um, and you have future Hall of Famers. You know, it just it was a wild team that went 25-5 and five for a stretch. So Kenny decides to go all in and acquire Manny Ramirez after he you know served his 60-game PED suspension. Um, and we will get to the mailbag in just a second, and there's other things, uh, pressing White Sox issues we want to talk about, but this is a particularly weird uh, final name to discuss. It's so appropriate in, in many ways, but I'll take your kids back. This is already you know, almost 11 years ago at this point we're talking about this, but for you youngsters who don't remember, Manny Ramirez briefly signed to be a White Sox, and in August of 2010, serves his PED suspension, and you guys may remember, but Jerry Reinsdorf has the, the rule about no long or unkempt hair, facial hair, or what have you. Um, they relaxed the rule for some players. Uh, Adam LaRoche had a beard. It wasn't a, you know, he did trim a little bit, but Manny Ramirez had the, had the very long uh, locks when he came over from the Dodgers. And this story from Doug Padilla at the time, many wondered why Manny Ramirez came in looking unkempt. Um, they apparently waived the rule for Manny, but this is what Doug Padilla reported for ESPN at the time. Somebody seems to have d- definitely braided Ramirez's hair over the past 24 hours, and in braiding it, his dreadlocks were straightened ever so slightly, giving him more length. Wouldn't we all like that? Say four inches of length, that was four inches that was trimmed. So we have long hair on a White Sox player, and we still have it at basically the same length. It's a haircut that wasn't really a haircut. <laughs> and so that, that, there you have it, the Manny Ramirez haircut saga. But it was, it was a weird tenure 
uh, on that 2010 team. So he makes his debut against the Indians September 1st, 2010, goes one for three with an uh, with a single in that game. Paul Canerco, of course, bails everyone out with a game-winning home run in the eighth inning in Cleveland. Do you remember who got the save in that ball game, Herb? 2010. He was a rookie. 2010, so it had to be Sergio Santos. No, this was his fir- Damn it. first career save. Not didn't have many after this. Uh, went on. Oh, 2010, so it had to be then Chris Sale. It was. It was one of Farmio's great calls uh, ever. Uh, Chris hung out the no sale sign for the Indians that day in Cleveland. <laughs> it's just a weird ass team in 2010 that I love so much. And finally here. Manny Ramirez, like I said, hit 555 home runs in his in his uh, you know illustrious big league career, the last of which for the White Sox. And I was there in my best Les Grobstein voice. I was up in Ranji's booth that night. The Sox were wearing their green uniforms for the halfway to St. Patrick's Day, September 17, 2010. And this is, I think this was the big hurt in with Hawk in the booth that night. This is the final home run of Manny Ramirez's career. Manny's been a fun-loving guy out there who's... There it is, and there way he back. Is. And there he is. Hey, look up, you can. Put it on the ball. There he is. Yes. yes. Number one for Manny in a Sox uniform. And it's a one nothing Sox lead. Mercy. I told you in the break, I hope he's back with us next year. <laughs> Hawk won Manny Ramirez back in 2011, and why not? I mean, you had to love Manny in 2011. Uh, five games, one RBI for the 2011. Do you remember? Do you remember who who he finished his career with? Uh, Marlins. Um, close, same state. The uh, the Tampa Bay uh, back then. They'd be the the Devil Rays back then. So yeah, Manny Ramirez closes out his storied career uh, with two very odd franchises in different directions. And do you remember who he hit that home run off of? It's a future Hall of Famer for the Tigers uh in, in 2010 so it's a hall of famer for the tigers or a hall of famer for the major leagues um well he'll go in probably as a uh, with a different cap but he is a future hall of famer big boy table current pitcher first ballot guy max scherzer yeah you got it all right how about that you're on the ball tonight so there it is folks the manny ramirez white Sox career number 99 and that that closes the book on our white Sox jersey themed episode titled numbers so uh that's that uh right there so what a weird thing i just remember turning to ranji after manny ramirez he, he got all of it it's like when griffey I think he hit two home runs with the White Sox, but he, when he hit that one in the in the Metrodome, he got all of it, did his Griffey thing, styled on it, took a long look at it, and Manny Ramirez did his thing with that home run in, his, in the Sox uniform where he sort of just you know flicks the bat out of the way and takes a look at it, does the jazz hands like the Uribe on steroids, quite, quite literally, uh, jazz hands for Manny Ramirez, <laughs> and he rounds the bases in his baggy green pinstriped White Sox uniform. It was quite a sight to see, and I remember telling Ranji, like, this is weird man <laughs> this is something that we're not going to forget i didn't know that was going to be his last home run but it certainly uh was uh, was an odd experience so you have any any lasting thoughts on manny ramirez in a white Sox uniform other than it's like the quintessential kenny move yeah i mean and the story you're telling about getting haircut i remember the white Sox being so or me being so mad at the whites for being hypocritical yep. like I remember a couple of years before that, Joe Creedy and AJ had to shave their hairs, hairs, heads, <laughs> because their hair was a little too long. Um, 
and I think they had both died in really, really platinum blonde and Ryan Surf wasn't rocking with it. I think it was right after the World Series in 2006. And so I was like, okay, we got a hard and fast rule. And then when they acquired Ramirez, I was like, okay, then Manny's going to have to shave, right? Because that's the rule. And no, they just allowed him to have the hair, which I was in favor of anyways. Yeah. But if you're going to do this dumbass, arcane-ass rule, it has to be for everybody. So, yeah, that, I remember that in particular about Manny Ramirez and the White Sox. Nothing as far as game uh, action. I yeah, don't there wasn't much. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't much to remember, but yeah, the hair thing sticks out because it is very uh, hypocritical and uh, sort of symptomatic of why the the Sox franchise in the state that it's in adhering to little dumb things like that. You're not the Yankees, okay? Like if you have a winning culture and you do things things a certain way, you can establish whatever rules you like because you're winning. But when you're not winning, you're just you know, I don't know. It's just one of one of my least favorite things about the the franchise when people ask. It's stuff like that, you know. But of course, they did eventually. They, they waived it because they knew he was only going to be there for about a, a month and a half. So, uh, yeah, that, 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 there you have it. Very hypocritical. But uh, in tonight's episode, we got the mailbag to get to. We're going to open it up in just a little bit. But there is some White Sox news that came down over the weekend that we did not get a chance to get to yesterday. Uh, the White Sox and Adam Engel. Uh, they avoid salary arbitration, uh, and they sign Adam Engel to a one-year deal, avoiding the arbitration for $1.375 million. So for the first time in his career, Adam Engel is a millionaire. Uh, congratulations to him. He had the big moment in the Lucas Giolito no-hitter, a few big home runs and hits along the way in 2020. But did you notice, Herb, that uh, Adam Engel spoke in a Zoom call today to talk about his contract? It was very weird. Uh, you know, no. I, I, no, you didn't notice that. But, yeah, here's Adam Engel talking to the assembled media about his new contract. I am a millionaire. It's a weird thing to hear, right? I tell you. It's a weird thing to say. I am a fucking millionaire. Oh, jeez. I guess how old I am. 27. You know what that makes me here? A fucking senior citizen. Citizen. This firm is entirely comprised of people your age, not mine. Lucky for me, I happen to be very fucking good at my job or I'd be out of one. You guys are the new blood. You're gonna go home with the Kessif. You are the future big swinging dicks of this firm. That's a little unnecessary. Now y'all look money hungry, and that's good. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. <laughs> oh, you did see it. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I have a ridiculous, I a ridiculous house. house. South Fork. South I have every Fork. toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids. Best of all, kids. I am liquid. Liquid. So now you know what's possible. Your friends are shit. If son made 25 grand last month. They're not gonna fucking believe you. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> Parents don't like the life you lead? Fuck you, mom Fuck and dad. Fuck you, mom and dad. See how it feels when you're making their fucking Lexus payments. I thought that, that was a very weird press conference today from Adam Engel just to announce, first of all, why even have it to announce the fact that he's a millionaire, and two, just the language for the assembled media. It's a little unconventional, but congratulations to him, I guess. I'm sure me, Merck and Fegan were like, what the fuck, man? Fegan, Fegan, Barantini. <laughs> Brett Be- Bellandini. Uh, yeah, I don't need all that cousin. And why does he live in the South Fork? I thought he was a Louisville guy. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, that's obviously from the great film Boiler Room. Ben Affleck with one of the great one-off scenes, do- channeling his inner Alec Baldwin from uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross, right there. But yeah, uh, that that is the White Sox news uh, that that we did not talk about last episode. Adam Engel avoiding arbitration, and hopefully we see a lot more of him in twenty. 20- 
twenty. Also, some White Sox related news ish, I guess, today that that crossed down the wire. Um, one of the guys that we talked about being a backup catching option to Yasmani Grandal. One of the guys I mentioned a few weeks back when asked about said topic was Kurt Kazali, the former Detroit Tiger and Cincinnati Red, most famously recently, and he signs a one-year deal with the San Francisco Giants for a million and a half dollars. Uh, and so we, there you have it, one of the interesting names for one of the few holes the White Sox have and now is going to be going elsewhere. Uh, you know, there's still other solid you know targets on the market. You could still fill that gap, but you, you hate to see – Someone that could really, you know, round out the bottom of your roster nicely, go elsewhere for not a lot of money. Yeah, and that's uh, we talked a little bit about the White Sox. It's slow moving. I know it's starting to pick up after the new year. You've seen a couple of signings today and last week, saw the trades and such. So it's very frustrating. The White Sox, it seemingly are sitting on their hands watching all these things happen. Um, from the past, I remember the White Sox do their best work when they're stealth, when they're just no talk about them, and then you hear about a signing. Yes, Monty Grandal comes to mind from last year. Same thing with Dallas Keuchel. So if that's their plan, if that's what they're doing, laying in the weeds, working underneath the, you know, none of these uh, people who break stories like a John Heyman or uh, our guy John Palmarosi are out there sniffing about the White Sox, probably a good thing if they're working in their old uh, ways but i also am a white Sox fan that's frustrated seeing other people that i would like on the white Sox go to other teams and it feels like the white Sox are letting the opportunity slip through their hands but prove me wrong please yeah well the thing about the Sox though this year is that, like i said they have less holes to fill and you'd be a lot more upset if you were a team maybe on the verge of contention with all these great options out there and you know your your team was being a little you know, ho hum about acquiring players, but it's still it's still frustrating nonetheless because when you have so few holes and you have money to to spend, you know, you don't have a lot of big time contracts on the books. It it sucks when you're letting viable options go by the wayside. Now, having said that, yeah, we mentioned Tyler Flowers as a possible candidate to to back up Yasmani Grandal. We and and I, and I thought I was like, oh well, maybe you know. Kazali is going to go to San Francisco and maybe start, but like no, they have Buster Posey, as you reminded me, and he makes uh, a lot of money, so he is going there to be a backup. Unless they're planning on moving uh, Buster Posey around, I, I, they haven't been told no, one hundred percent. I don't think yet on the DH thing in the National League. I don't think it's going to come back. Maybe you know having him play first base more. I don't know, but it seems like Kazali is going to be over there to be a backup, which he could have done uh, on the South Side for you know about the same money. You'd think and you'd have a better chance. Uh, of winning um just moving along here you know if they if they spend that money if, if they are really shrewd about the way they spend their money and they put all their eggs in the liam Hendricks basket i'd be okay with that you know i still don't know if i like the idea of zach collins and your mean mercedes being your backup catcher but if they're not getting a ton of at bats and let's say i don't know 120 game season like I, i'm okay with that if you lock down uh your your biggest need right now which is the bullpen are, are we in agreement on that or do we just say they have the money to do all of it so we should hold them to that standard i am on the latter yes um, they have plenty of money i mean they and it's their opportunity to strike while everybody is zigging they should be zagging while it's the mets the blue jays the Padres, and maybe like another team that are actively trying to improve their teams this year by, by spending money, 
the White Sox should put themselves in that group instead of the Cubs and the groups that are trying to purge a salary, the Indians, all these other groups that are trying to get salary off of their table. The White Sox should be on the table like, okay, we're in our window and money is just money. I mean, we can't hold it. We can't take it with us to our graves. So let's spend some and make our team right. You got to spend money to make money. If you look at the last champions of the World Series, they're all in the top 10 of payroll of that season. So the White Sox are currently 16th, I believe, in MLB payroll. Um, either I think it's either top 10 or top uh, half of the payroll. And the White Sox are neither of those things right now. They're 16th, which is on the bottom half of the payroll list of the MLB team. So to be a World Series champion in the last 20 years, it takes you spending more money than your average MLB team. So you need to get there. Okay, yeah, absolutely. It's not even uh... – you know, it's only January 4th here as we sit here tonight, so we still have a long way to go, a long offseason to go yet, but it certainly is frustrating. And there's still plenty of big names uh, on the you know, on the market out there that they can certainly strike and make us very happy. Trevor Bauer, uh, Liam Hendricks, obviously. So we'll, we'll see what they do here, but uh, it's certainly stuff uh, you don't like to see here. Uh, we'll be back after a quick timeout here. Coming up, we'll open up the mailbag, and we'll get into a little bit of uh, Rick Hahn's trade history. He may want to put on his Teflon suit, uh, and, and we'll get to other White Sox-related issues. We'll get to Uncle Pete's email and uh, many, many other things here, but stay with us here on Locked on White Sox. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football, folks? College football, bowl season wrapping up. Still some big matchups left. NFL regular season is done, playoff picture is set, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust on Locked on White Sox, and that's betonline.ag. Here's what you do. You sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our special promo code Locked On. That's Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, big, big weekend for the Bears and NFL playoffs getting underway. We talked about that line in, in just, just yesterday's episode and that New Orleans matchup for Chicago, and the line has moved. Did you see that, Herb? I did see that. Yeah, Bears now 10.5-point dogs. Which is <laughs> which means that people are going on betonline.ag and pounding that 9.5-point uh, spread. They love the Saints in this matchup, which is weird as hell to me. I would be on the other way, and I'm a Bears detractor as much as uh, this Bears team detractor as much as anybody. But I, we were talking yesterday. I would have been all over the Bears yesterday getting nine and a half points. Now ten and a half points. Go to betonline.ag right now and get that bet. I'm not saying the Bears are going to win that game, but they have a good chance a uh, better chance versus the Saints than they ever had versus the Packers. And that line was only four and a half on betonline.ag. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're taking account the Roquan Smith injury. You know, uh, I wonder, they didn't have the game time posted yet. Uh, we didn't know if Alvin Kamara was going to play in that game, if they had it on Saturday. So now it's going to be on Sunday. So maybe that would explain it. But whatever the, the case may be, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We're also brought to you today by our friends. Welcome back, our friends at rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. It's become impossible for your big box auto parts store to stock all of those parts that your car would ever need. 
in their storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, oh, is your car an LX or is it an EX? And you have to like go back to your car and look because you're not a car guy like me. I'm not a car guy. I'm just saying I would have to do that. I barely even remember my license plate number. And then the guy at the counter asks all the questions while they look in their computer for only the parts that their store happens to carry. Well, why would you do that when you have rockauto.com? Look, rockauto.com has all the parts that your car is ever going to need, and they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. It's so easy to use. Just go in there, type for what you're looking for. You see everything that's there for you. You add it to your cart, buy it. You don't even have to sign up for an account. No incessant emails like you get from these big chain stores and you just wait for whatever you're ordering to arrive at your house quickly. They've got everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your ride. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it's delivered right to your door. Best of all, folks, rockauto.com's prices, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like us. So why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts when you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and do us a favor, please write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, we're back with more Locked On White Sox. Should we open up the bag, Herb? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. It's Talk To Us Tuesday. How can they talk to us? They being the White Sox fan base, the Locked On White Sox fan contingent out there. How can they get a hold of us to send us an email to be showcased on Mailbag Monday or Talk To Us Tuesday or even What Up Wednesday? How can they do that, Herb? Send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Questions, comments, whatever you want to write us. Doesn't have to be about the White Sox or baseball at all, as we'll read later on with Uncle Pete. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com is the way you reach us for Mailbag Monday or Talk to Us Tuesday. All right. You know, I mentioned yesterday I teased a little bit uh, about the U Darvish trade and how I wanted to talk about it. But maybe they, we can close out our week with the U Darvish trade and just what it means for uh, the big picture in MLB because we could certainly talk about it all day, uh, how maddening it would be if you were a Cubs fan uh, or just a fan in general of baseball and how it's not good. Uh, we, maybe we'll get to that later on this week. But remember, as I said yesterday, we're shortening our, our workload now. Uh, unless there's major news, salute uh, that that breaks. We're going to go down to three episodes a week uh, unless we feel compelled to do more than that. But three is uh, what we're going to be scaling back as the, the hot stove is very cold right now. But the first one coming in from our guy, Zach Smith. Hello, Zach. Thanks for reaching out. He wants to talk a little bit about Rick Hahn and his trade history and how it relates to uh, to the current White Sox roster. He says, hi, guys. I really wanted to send this email before the Sox make any trades, but I missed that ship with Lance Lynn. Anyway, I wanted to point out significant trades that Rick Hahn has made receiving major league talent, not prospects. I believe Rick is one of the best GMs in the game. And hope he gets out from under Jerry and finds an owner who will let him operate. That being said, the Sox trade history adding contending pieces under Han has been lukewarm at best. His best trades have been receiving prospects and not selecting Major League Now talent. 
He's got examples below. My point is this. The Sox aren't expected to spend much this offseason and aren't willing to deal high-value prospects. Will more of these, quote, lukewarm trades get the job done this time around? It looks like the buying power of individual prospects is a little higher this year after seeing the Snell trade. Hopefully that'll help. Looking through the Sox trade history, you can pick up on a couple of phrases of couple of phases the front office went through. Falling out prospects like Laurie, Tilson, Davidson, Avi Garcia, cheap veteran talent, Todd Frazier, James Shields, Jeff Smarja. I truly believe we are not going to be able to fill every hole with these dollar general ass trades and acquisitions. Hey, don't besmirch the dollar general, okay? He's, he's, he's highly honorable. Uh, I can get it out of my head that a reality TV show of the White Sox front office would look exactly like an episode of baseball-themed Shameless with Rick trying to advance the organization and everyone else running around sitting on his plans, but Rick eventually finding a way uh, to work it out. Um, so I guess we'll just answer the question. I don't know if we have to get into Rick Hahn's trade history, but it's, it, but Zach has provided a, an incredibly in-depth uh, Rick mm-hmm. Hahn trade history. And, you know, not great. So there's some hits, some misses in here. Um, the, the more recent misses really came back to bite the White Sox in the postseason in 2020. Uh, but, you know, it happens sometimes when you're in an organization that doesn't have a direction. And I, I often get criticized for being, uh, you know, too much of a Rick Hahn defender because you didn't know for how many years who was actually pulling the strings. And I think my opinion was validated this offseason with the Tony La Russa move where Rick Hahn has a, a clear vision. We know what it is. Like, you know, Rick mm-hmm. Hahn is the one who – wanted to bring about the, the rebuild to begin with even earlier. Uh, in fact, even, you know, seven or eight years earlier than the Sox ended up, you know, finally committing to. But then you have, you know, budget issues. You have Jerry Reinsdorf stepping in. So you never really know who is taking ownership of, of the good moves or the bad. We tend to give, you know, Rick Hahn, you know, the benefit of the doubt, and then we knock Kenny for the bad ones. But either way, the, the, the waters are very muddied here. So it's, you know, we still don't know who to judge. So I would love to throw some bouquets at Rick Hahn, but sometimes you just don't know exactly who. But, you know, just off of Zach's point here, Herb, you know, do you think that maybe the White Sox would be willing to to deal from the top end of their prospect pool and, and acquire uh, some other talent out there. Like, I, I'm, I'm pissed that they didn't – it wasn't reported anyway that they would kick the tires on you, Darvish, but a move like that would have been perfect for the White Sox. Awesome. It would have been a great move for the White Sox to solidify them, that starting rotation we talked about last week. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if the Cubs or the White Sox are a little gun-shy – get one of those trades like every like 10 years uh, where they just trade with each other and never really till this Eloy one where it's really blockbuster. I mean, we got the Matt Karchner one for John Garland, which was understated because Garland was still in the minors. Uh, Of course, David Ardsma. And who was David Ardsma traded for? I forgot, but um, was it Neil Cox? yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah David Irons for Neil Cotts, and he, now we got this one. Yeah, he did want to note Zach in his email. He's a he's a P one who listens to the show. He did want to note that uh, some jackass did trade uh, Tatis away. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. <laughs> I was like uh, getting uh, getting mileage out of that one, but yeah, go ahead. Do you continue. do you do you have uh, the Crusher for his first one up there? The Crusher. And if you guys don't know who that is, come on, man, you gotta be White Sox fans and D- DJ fans. Oh yeah, um, the Crusher. I would say that he should be thinking about I've always and if you guys have listened to this and people have been mad at me for it, I don't know if he's graduated prospect land yet, but Nick Madrigal, 
Look to <laughs> see him somewhere else. Look Andrew Vaughn to see somewhere else. I love these players. They could be on the White Sox for 10-plus years. But if we're talking about winning a championship and these are the last pieces that need to go so we can get something back with great value, then, yeah, let's go. But these trades have also taught me that you don't necessarily need your top prospects to go, especially if you're dealing with a team that is looking to purge like the Cubs. The Cubs, it eventually might turn out fine with the guys that they got, but to get Zach Davies for and four teenagers pretty much for you, Darvish, who's pitching at the top of his uh, level and top of his game right now was an insult to me. And so I know you have strong feelings about this. So I don't think the White Sox don't even need to have Madrigal, have uh, Vaughn, have Michael Kopech in involved in these trades, these secondary guys, Stever, or if you go down lower, uh, Dolfo, uh, uh, I don't know Blake who Rutherford. else. Trey Mikoshelski, we can finally get rid of him. <laughs> he's been on the team forever. Tequan uh, Forbes, who's been in <laughs> Yeah, Jake Berger, who's a low A guy. Uh, he was a very promising guy, but he's you know had a couple uh, setbacks with injuries, but it looks like he's coming back. So I don't even think you need to deal with the top, top White Sox prospect level to get what you want in a top starter or top uh, position player who's going to give you everyday starting. Here's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to give Rick Hahn the benefit of the doubt because I believe he's, he's earned it to this point and over the last four years. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, I think he's he's going to be in, in the, the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes, so he's not going to trade for top-of-the-rotation talent. He already did that with Lance Lynn, but he's not going to go like all-in and, and give up a ton of prospects for for someone else of that ilk. I think you know I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he's probably going to be in on, on Trevor Bauer. You see him on social media with the Sox hat. There's only about five different hats that he's, that he's messing around with, so you have to believe the Sox are in. They're probably in stealth mode, but yeah, man, it's certainly frustrating. This is like baseball today it's like an estate sale you know if you really want some good stuff you know you can go out there and get it like quality stuff at at, at fraction of the price and it's so short-sighted to see these organizations operate this way and you know they they won't open up the books so we'll never really know who lost what and how biblical it was tom ricketts you know the the losses so we'll never truly know you know, we we just we just assume because we know 2020 was the year of the billionaire. You know, the the one percent got a lot richer in, in 2020. So we, we don't know for sure, but it just seems kind of short sighted to not want to withstand you know a calendar year uh, of time. Maybe you know, let's say 18 months of, of financial loss uh, to bring a World Series championship to your fan base, where ultimately the value of your franchise w- would go up. You'd think. You know, I'm not a business major nor an economics major clearly but it just seems like from a logical standpoint i know you have shareholders and and in board members you have to adhere to so you don't like show you know exponential losses month after month and i know it's business above all for for these owners and and gms but it's just it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow and i think it's a running theme for this offseason but yeah i don't think the white Sox are going to trade any more players even though they should we know there's a bunch of guys in that system herb that don't really have a future with, with the White Sox. And, guys, if you can't draft another Andrew Vaughn, if you can't find someone else like Nick Madrigal, uh, Blake Rutherford, you know, if you can't find those guys, again, it gets back to our thing that we talked about with James Fox about their lack of development in the Dominican and Venezuela. If they can't find guys like that down there, you know, and without having to draft them and, and waste draft picks on them and just sign them as kids and, and, and invest in them, 
to 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 develop and grow and then all of a sudden you you cultivate that system a little bit better and you know you you improve on your international free agent signings like if you can't do that if you can't do that for, for a fraction of the price i don't know what to do for you because you're you're ended up you know paying these kids who are out of college you know more money uh to ultimately just not produce for you anyway <laughs> so why not just invest that money uh in latin america and maybe see you you, you know cash in on a lottery ticket tatis would have been that lottery ticket you know one saw him coming and they had it there with marco patty he he, he identified it and you know several teams passed on Tatis, and you know Cardinals being one of them. But uh, the Sox identified them, but they, they they spun them away, and maybe they're just a little uh, scorned for making a deal like that, and they're they're scared to pull the trigger again. Uh, you have to think that it's it eats at Rick Hahn whenever he sees a Fernando Tatis uh, highlight on Twitter. Uh, so, but yeah, thank you Zach for your email. Uh, very very well researched, and if anyone wants to see. Uh, Rick Hahn's trade history. You can uh, reach out to us and we'll forward you the email. Uh, next one up here. Uh, short bag tonight. Uh, we'll get into it here. Uncle Pete time, Herb. It's time for Here Uncle. we go. Here we go. What's good, boys? I always have to make sure I, I proofread these uh, before. Um, uh, this is Uncle Pete talking now. Hope you ramrods had a great New Year's Eve. After getting hammered all day, your old Uncle Pete hit the dispensary and got higher than Big Bird's balls. Apparently, I took down four bags of Doritos and some gas station sushi as well. Up yours, 2020. On New Year's Day, I woke up with an orange Johnny and a hangover that would have crippled a rhino. Still half asleep, I reached for my pills and mistakenly popped a blue Pfizer riser instead of an Aleve. I knew something wasn't right during my walk to the bus. When I saw, That's very beautiful right there, just the walking to the bus. When I saw a three and got harder than calculus <laughs> class. Uh, you should have seen this. This donkey dumpster. Uh, Sissy was rocking Tannel 360s. Uh, missing a head- shoes. Yeah, missing a headlight and thicker than a king size snicker. I wouldn't have pegged her with Yasmani's grand doll. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, finally we get to Uncle Pete's point. Anyway, enough about me, you pricks. Who's going to close for us this year? Talk soon. That's our buddy Uncle Pete. Smell my feet. Tony LaRusso can sniff my seat. Uh, so, yeah, who, who will close? We, we got to it a little bit yesterday, but we have yet to mention today there was a report that came out that said one of the guys that the White Sox had on their radar, Liam Hendricks, was being courted by the Dodgers. So there you have an example of a team with more money than God, um, and they spend that money, and now they're going after the top reliever on the market to solidify an already good bullpen. If they if they get Liam Hendricks, watch out. You may as well not compete uh, for the World Series in 2021 anyway because you're not going to beat them. Uh, probably you're still not going to beat them now, but yeah. with them, with, with Liam Hendricks in the back of their bullpen uh, – that would be scary stuff right there. So what, what did you what did you make of that when you saw that? Um, you told me about it, and I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, you, you messed around, and you allowed the Dodgers to get into the bidding war. Like, send a deal like you did with Yasmani. When you want your guy, you want your guy, and you send him a big deal over market value, and you say, okay, Liam, you're our guy now. If we miss out on Liam, there's still some quality people back there available we can go the Cleveland route. I think Brad Hand is still available. Brad Hand. Uh, I mean, we used to murder him every time we saw him. He wasn't a great closer. Uh, Archie Bradley available. Not really a closer, more of a reliever. Uh, a guy that was in San Diego uh, and has improved his stock 
immensely the last two years is Kirby Yates. Hurt at the end of the year, um, but Kirby Yates would be a solid guy if that is not too serious. I remember him being gone because um, uh, Trevor Rosenthal took over the closer role there and did very well with them after he got traded from the Kansas City Royals. But if Kirby Yates isn't severely hurt and can pitch this year, I would 100% take a flyer on him if the White Sox missed out on Liam Hendricks. And don't forget about Alex Colomay, still out there. Um, and if the White Sox can find a way to get him back in the fold, and I know we were talking about a guy who wrote an email yesterday, maybe Sam, about both Liam Hendricks and um, Alex Colomay being on the White Sox. We poo-pooed it because we didn't think the White Sox were going to spend that much money, both on closers. But if they have the choice to get one or the other, I would want Liam Hendricks more. But if you miss out, Alex Colomay is a nice fallback option. Yeah, I agree. All right, so so if someone's got a gun to your head now, okay, and they're they're gonna kill you and your family, uh, you have Damn, to. That's a little tough. I know. Well, this this is these these scenarios. I've seen it happen, Herb. Uh, a gunman making you say who you think is going to close for the White Sox in 2021. Someone that's not on the current roster or someone on the current roster. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? Gun to your head today as we sit here on January 4th. Knowing the White Sox yeah. and knowing how it's, uh, things have gone, I think – do I have to pick the specific guy? No, no, no. Just is the person okay. – is the guy on the roster now? He is currently on the roster. Okay. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I, 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 you know, I would hope they prove me wrong, um, but I, I, this is going to be one of those situations where um, – well, uh, Liam Hendricks's girlfriend, um, is, you know, she's got allergies, so she likes the, the Southern California air better. Um, so we decided to take the big bag of money and go to L.A. and not have to move out of the state. So, you know, I, I, I fear that that's going to happen. They'll be in the mix. Um, but the White Sox will, will, will get shut out on, uh, on Liam Hendricks. That's what I fear. Um, and, and hopefully Tony La Russa steps in and, and wants someone that's a little bit more proven. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I fear that if, you know, if I had to make that, that call today, I, I would think that they're going to go with someone like Matt Foster or Cody Hoyer uh, to, to close in 2021. So hopefully yeah, that's not the and, case. And talking about what you were just talking about kind of jokingly, you're referring to the Zach Wheeler uh, situation that happened last year uh, when he signed Philly over the White Sox, even though they offered him a million dollars more. That rumor, remember, was early. Like, the Phillies are looking to purge, and, and Zach Wheeler's on the trade block. That would be one of those guys. That's how we get our Blake Snell. That's how we get our U Darvish. If the Phillies are trying to purge and get salary off of their books, that would be my target. This is a guy that you identified last year as a guy that you wanted on the team. You put the money on the table. You decided not to take it. If they can take a, a deal like the Padres gave the Cubs where you're not sending your top talent over to Philadelphia, got to do it. But even if, even if you have to send one of those top talent guys back Philadelphia's way, I still say you do it. What about you, Tanny? Do you feel a Zach Wheeler – in Chicago, would you be willing to do that if you had to lose a Kopech, a Vaughn, a Madrigal, one of those type of guys? Um, you know, I, I just don't. I don't think it's in play. I don't think it's on the table because you don't bring in a guy like Dave Dombrowski. And even though you're you're hearing all the rumors about them wanting to unload payroll, but I don't think you bring in Dave Dombrowski to to gut your roster. He's not particularly good 
at building up a farm system. Like he's a guy he can identify. He's a wheeler dealer. Yeah, he he's a wheeler dealer. He he identifies premium talent at the major league level. He he courts them and recruits them and signs the big checks. So I don't know. Maybe it's different. Um, but he doesn't have the, the big time track record of developing, you know, look at what he did in Boston. You know, you bring him in to close deals. Like I was hoping that he would be brought on as an advisor, advisor to Rick Hahn when he was uh, just sitting on his, on his couch at home. But yeah, but talent, you know, I don't, Kopech for Zach Wheeler, you know, uh, you know what? Your window's open, man. I, 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 it would take me a while to pull the trigger, but you got to do what you have to do in your, in your championship window, man. And I, and I see a lot of guys on Twitter. I think Ozzy, Ozzy Jr., is, is talking about people who talk about windows and, and I felt uh, seen uh, he was talking about us but you know because he, he talked cited the Giants so how they competed and they won a World Series every two years but I think we know realistically that uh, a World Series window in baseball a franchise only has about a five-year window once they're competitive to win as many World Series as they can and typically only the top tier organizations compete every year the, the ones that have unlimited resources and you know this before pandemic obviously but I don't consider the Sox as one of those teams who draft and develop and scout so well that they're always going to be in contention so you know I think while while you're in your World Series window I, I would explore that sure um, I, I got to take another look at Zach uh, Wheeler's peripherals from from last season but yeah just my gut says yeah a proven commodity uh, for a lottery ticket, a guy who didn't pitch at all in 2020, and who knows how he's going to come back. And Michael Kopech, yeah, I, I think I'd make that deal. And Zach is uh, one of the unfortunate souls who does the Z A C H spelling of his name, even though I mean Z A C K. Oh, two Zachs, two two C K Zachs on the team. Him and Zach Collins, get him out. We only you can only have one. It's a, it's a no Zach club. <laughs> yeah, his birthday. Birth name was Z A C H A R Y. What? So, so he changed his Z A C H name to a Z A C K name. What a jerk! Wow. I like that spelling much more. The K at the end, I like it much more. But this guy, uh, I got to talk to him when he does come here with the White Sox. <laughs> like, hey man, your name should be Z A C H. So uh, fix that for me. Thanks. Bye. Do you, do you think Zach Wheeler's wife's had it with with the with Philly? <laughs> at this point already do you think she's like you know what i'm really sorry we're, we're not going anywhere here with the phillies i've had up my fill unless they just spend a lot of their time in jersey which is like the connection there but yeah, yeah. and wawa <laughs> is overrated even though i've never been there and this team i mean, the city just is very racist and they as bill burr said they love that italian uh boxing dude even though they had a brown champion in their town a real one and they're like, fuck him. Yeah, they, they prefer Rocky, and they built a statue to Rocky. Um, yeah, so, yeah. we. By can, the way, check out that Bill Burr 12 minutes. It's oh, awesome. It's epic, yeah. And so the Sox would be the, the no Zacks club, the Z-A-C-K, uh, but we're allowed to have one. So sorry, Zach Collins, you got to go. Um, yeah, so that, that about does it for us on this episode. Is Talk to Us Tuesday episode of Lockdown White Sox. 2020, it's mercifully over. It's time to start fresh with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want want more wins listen to locked on bets with your boy q and lee sterling of paramount sports they're picking college basketball football and nba locks all winter long subscribe to locked on bets wherever you get your podcast that's all i got tonight herb all right chris Tannehill. follow him at twitter at chris Tannehill. me herb lawrence ecknerwall 23 lawrence spelled backwards two three 
The show is at Locked on Socks. And if you want to email us for episodes like this, the Talk to Us Tuesday or the Mailbag Monday, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Again, go on to YouTube. Subscribe to the Locked on Socks YouTube page. Highlights from 2020, a package put together by Chris Tannehill. Highlights from this show. We'll have snippets and then sometimes full shows like the James Fox show and also the Sean Evans show is in full. Go and watch it right there. Subscribe to us there. Put the notification bell on also so you know when we are actually dropping a new episode on YouTube. We gotta so, get you we gotta get you a zoom setup, Herb. We gotta get you set up now that you know once you're settled into your new place, we gotta get oh, you my place? Yeah. like a like a rinky dink like white sock setup. I know it's tough, yeah. uh, you know, but people will get sick of looking at my elaborate setup here. Uh which can... I have one white sox poster <laughs> and it's the uh the don't stop believing one. Uh what is it? Uh Believe it, I think it says the okay. Chicago Tribune yeah, championship I have, one. Yeah, I have frame. that one too here, just off to the side. You can't see it here, but yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll give you some of my uh, the, the stuff that wasn't quite good enough to make my wall back here. My dad actually, he uh, I went over to my dad's house last week and I said, hey, hey pops, you got. Uh, my World Series ticket stub because I was living at my parents' house at the time in 05 and we went to the game together in game one. And, you know, I asked him, you know, I remember talking it away inside the program and just kind of forgetting about it, you know, because I knew I'd ruin it. So he had a whole stack of 05 White Sox magazines and programs that I had from that year, two Sports Illustrated covers with the Scotty Pods home run, then, of course, the one where they ultimately win. Um, I had the World Series program in there from Game One. Uh, Roger Clemens versus Mark Burley uh, on the program there for the, for that World Series, and he, and I had the ticket stub in there. I got it framed. It's back here now. I got one for my dad framed, and also one thing that the Sox sent in 2007 when he was a season ticket holder was a a, a photo like a lithograph of Mark Burley's first no hitter, which was very cool. So yeah, some some cool stuff I got laying around here that maybe we can we can donate to Herb's. Uh, you know, I said I have uh, like three Carlos Rodon bobbleheads. If you want something like that, um, Carlos Rodon still technically still he's not a member of another team, so you could maybe still call him a White Sox for a limited time here. But yeah, man, we will have to donate and get and, and get Herb's uh, setup going here. So, but I'm just trying to think where I would put it because. Um, we could put it in the living room, but it's going to be kind of tacky with all my White Sox stuff. I don't have <laughs> yeah. the play show uh, basement as yet, Chris. I can put it in our big-ass closet. We have a big-ass closet with, like, you can walk in. It's not in our bedroom. I can just put up a White Sox poster and stuff behind me and stay in there for a little bit. It's big enough for just a chair and uh, maybe a <laughs> laptop and such, so I can set that yeah. thing up. I wonder yeah, for, once for... I get the money from the government, which they haven't sent me, and they sent everybody in my life it. Come on, yeah, I got it too. Give my money, I got it too. I, I'm hoping uh, Joe Biden re-ups uh, after uh, after he takes over and gives a little more to the people. Like you know, thankfully I'm not someone who's relying on it, but I certainly could put it to good use. But there's certainly people who needed a hell of a lot more than than I do and did. So damn oh. liberals with their hands out all the time. Socialism, <laughs> that's what you want for the rich. <laughs> uh yeah so yeah that that about does it here that's what you know i think that's a good place to stop right there uh but that's all i got tonight herb all right so thank you for joining us and thank you for listening to us all year long in 2020 and thank you for listening to yesterday's episode and today's 2021 episodes of locked on white Sox.